Father God, in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time and opportunity to come into your presence. Oh, God, we thank you for this time and opportunity to sit and receive the wisdom that you have given your manservant on God on how to take better care of our temples. We know in this season, oh Lord, there is much work for us to do. There is much that you are doing in the earth realm, and you need your vessels to be in good health. You need us to be in good emotional health, good mental health, and good physical health. So, Father, we thank you for giving us this vision, giving us uh, this word to be able to share that that you have allowed in this season just to challenge us to do better for ourselves, do better for you so that the work that you have given us, oh God, we won't be lackadaisical or, or low energy or just filling our temples full of junk. God, we we thank you that just as you give wisdom in the spiritual, you give wisdom in the natural. So we pray, Lord God, that you allow us to receive what's being said. Lord God, we pray not only to receive it, to hear it, but to receive it and to make the necessary adjustments in our lives. We pray even now for Deacon Jermaine. Lord, we pray that you continue to just pour into him even in this moment. Give him energy. Give him strength, oh God, to give us what you have given him. And we thank you in advance for where you are allowing us to receive, how you will allow us to make the necessary adjustments, the strength that you will give us, Lord, to make the necessary adjustments and the ability to hold one another accountable as we seek you for the purposes of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And I pray, um, uh, we did send out the previous recording, so I'm not sure if, you know, any everybody or if anybody was able to, you know, kind of catch up on um, the first two classes. I pray you had the ability to. If not, I would definitely suggest for you to go back and look those over. But I'm going to get out the way now and let Deacon Jermaine take it over. Good evening, everyone. Um, I hope everyone is doing well today. Um, on our third week of this installment of Taking Care of the Temple, um, we want to discuss uh, better ways of understanding portion sizing and portion control um, and also understanding how to read a nutritional facts panel and ingredients list. That's an area, area that 90 to 95% of people don't understand. That's an area that causes so much issues when we're trying to eat healthy. Um, just, a, just touching bases on a portion size of, alone, most people eat, we overeat because we're using our own knowledge. We, we haven't researched it. We haven't studied it enough, or we haven't looked on what proper portion sizes is. Uh, understanding of one uh, a four ounce portion of vegetables is proper portion size. But do you really know what four ounces of vegetables look like? Whether it's weighted, whether you measure out a four ounce cup of, 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 of vegetables or you do it by volume and you actually take a four ounce container and put vegetables in that. Do you have an idea of what that actually looks like? Most people don't. And they'll say, oh, this looks about four ounces. Well, that looks about four ounces is usually about 12 to 16 ounces uh, because our eyes are always deceiving us when it comes to 
the amount of food that we're putting on our plates or the amount of food that we're actually um, putting into our bodies. So you can't base it upon your eyes. There are a few things that you can base portion sizes on uh, that will give you a better idea of portioning, and we'll get into those as we go on. But with understanding ingredient lists, what people don't under, what people don't see a lot of times with understanding the ingredients list and the nutritional facts panels that's on their products that they're purchasing is a lot of the things that's in those nutritional facts panels or on that, in that ingredient list is actually not healthy for you. So we're, we're continuing to put stuff in our bodies that's not healthy for us. And then we wonder why there is, um, my, well, I, I ate this today. Uh, this said it had no sugar in it, but my blood sugar spiked up half hour after eating it. Or my, my uh, cholesterol numbers are off and I'm eating, it says I'm eating low-fat products, right? There's stuff in foods that's mislabeled. Not, not, well, I can't say mislabeled. There's stuff in foods um, that is labeled differently now than it was before. And salt, there's about 25 different types of salt that is, that's put into food. And it just doesn't say S-A-L-T. There's 20-letter 20, 20 words and other four-letter words for salt in food. Same thing with sugar. There's sugar alcohol, sugar yeast, different, different types of sugar that's in food that spikes your blood sugar. There's different types of fat that's put into food that affects your cholesterol levels. So understanding the, the nutritional facts panel and ingredient list is key to understanding and keeping your health going in the long, um, in the long run. Um, if anyone has any questions while we're going through this, please uh, chime in. Uh, I, I'm always willing to answer any questions that I, uh, and if I don't know, I can definitely get back to you on it. If it's something that I may have to research for whatever reason. So here is, this is the my plate setup. Um, back in I think 1914 or something like that, uh, this my plate setup came about, explaining what it was or how we should eat, how effective we should eat. Um, over the course of that 100 and something years, this changed. It used to be where it's, it used to be where uh, it said meats. It didn't say healthy protein. It just said meats. That was the largest part of your of your um, diet back then. Grains was this, probably the smallest part. Uh, but people grew up on farms. People had farms back then. It was farmer's markets. You can go to the side of the road and pick, pick whatever vegetables you wanted. Um, so this wasn't designed. This was designed by a different, a, a, a private company to sell meats originally. That's how this was designed. To say, oh, you need to have um, more meats in your diet. Right, um, and then around 19, I want to say 1941, it was Beech Nut Company, which makes baby food now, <laughs> patented the, the 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 term breakfast as the most important meal of the day. How they did this was they tricked a bunch of mine workers, people that worked at the mines and different of uh, 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 factories and stuff. They went around and said, "Did you eat breakfast today?" Usually, breakfast was a potato roll or some bread and butter. Uh, with a coffee, something like that. And they said, well, if you had bacon, beech nut was a 
pork producing company. They didn't produce baby food at that time. They were a pork producing company. So they wanted to sell more bacon, right? So their process was for us to sell more bacon. Let's say bacon is a big, uh, 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 important aspect of, of breakfast. So with that, they got a bunch of doctors and say, yeah, bre- breakfast is the most important meal of the day, which meant bacon and eggs, which means Beach Nut made a bunch of money selling you a product that was really, really fat, right? Also, they had chickens and things like that. So they sold you chickens that had um, pe- different pesticides and different uh, 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 um, uh, chemicals in it that made the chickens grow faster. So that was their biggest catch. So like I said, 100 years ago, food wasn't thought of as healthy. Food was just thought of as eat it and get it, get, eat it so you can do your job and move on. With this my plate, they kind of took it and said, let's make everything as healthy as possible. To where if you notice on the, on the, on the screen, the, most, the biggest item is green, which is vegetables. It's telling you should eat the largest portion of your meal should be vegetables whether it's fresh vegetables, frozen, or canned. I would stay away from canned vegetables as much as possible because they have the least amount of nutrients in them, right? Next, you want to include a bunch of whole grains, uh, whole grain rices, different uh, test, like test grain, um, bulgur wheat, things like that that help actually, that help your digestive system. What we do is we eat a lot of times and we don't eat enough food that's, that's considered roughage that's going to push other things through your intestine and help you and aid you into losing weight. Um, next on there is uh, healthy proteins, uh, but that healthy protein means lean meats, right? And what I mean by lean meats is you want to take as much fat off your meat as possible. If you're going to eat chicken, go for the chicken breast, right? Then a wing, then a leg, than the thigh. Because when you look at it from that perspective, the chicken breast usually has less fat on it. Um, going to the chicken thigh, that has the most fat on it. We, we like the chicken thigh because it has more flavor to it uh, because that, there's a lot more fat in it. But if you're trying to maintain a healthy weight or lose weight, you need to eliminate that fat wherever possible. Yeah. Uh, and Pastor uh, just made a comment. She said, "That's why you stop buying so many chicken thighs." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the reason." Because, because he came home with all these chicken breasts, and I'm like, "Because my favorite piece is the thigh." So I'm like, "Well, where's the thigh?" And he was like, "Oh, we're gonna eat more breasts." Yeah. And he never really told me why. So I'm finding out but if you will. I don't eat chicken skin eating. either. Like I don't eat chicken skin whatsoever. I will pull chicken skin off of meat, uh, off of it. I don't eat fat off of if it's a steak, and I if I order a steak, whatever fat is on that steak, I'm cutting the fat out, and I never ate it because it's just all negative for you. So, in in, in that sense and in that theory, um, you want to have your meats as lean as possible. If you can buy it with as little fat as possible, if you're doing ground beef, they have a 90. I think the leanest ground beef you can get is like 92 percent beef with 8 percent fat. The highest you can legally buy is a 60-40, which means you're eating 60% meat and 40% fat. That's a huge number of fat as far as, a, and that's just on ground beef. Some, some lower cuts of steak have a lot of fat on them. Um, you notice why you pay more for filet mignon? Not because it's actually 
a, a healthier cut of meat because it's the leanest cut of meat you're going to buy. There's, they have to add fat to filet mignon 90% of the time to give it that flavor. So you want to do that. Um, wherever possible, replace meats with seafood. Um, seafood has a lot of um, healthy oils in them. That actually works great for your heart, works great for your memory, works great for your eyesight in certain instances and things like that. So you want to add those things to your menus. Um, you can get protein from beans. Beans are really, really good for you. They don't raise your blood sugar as long as they're not baked beans. Baked beans, you just eliminated every good aspect of it. There's nothing good about baked beans unless you take the baked beans and, and make them with no sugar. So you have to understand what food tastes like and what food tastes like without sugar, salt, and extra fat. Now you're getting the raw essence of food. Um, and at all costs, uh, avoid processed foods. When you buy something that's processed, that means they put into what they put into it whatever they want to put into it. They label the ingredients whatever they want to label it. So, unless you understand what these different uh, triglycerides or di uh, dibonyl carburates, carburates and stuff are, unless you know what that is, you'll think, "Oh, this is healthy." You can't even pr pronounce it. It's not healthy. That's the way you look at at, at that. Where? It, okay. Okay. Is frozen better than canned? Yes. Um, reason reason frozen is better than canned because um, frozen, if they flash freeze it, if they flash freeze the, the fruits or vegetables or whatever the product is or freeze it in the correct process, it loses very little nutrients. When they can something, here's the process of canning. If you ever watched Anyone on a farm or anyone that likes canning or doing preservatives and stuff like that, look at the process of, that they do when they can or preserve something. They boil it, right, put it into a, a jar, put it back into a pot, boil it again. What happens to, that, to those nutrients of, of that food that's been double boiled? There's no nutrients in them. So when, if you just say if you boil beets or if you can some beets, you got took some really, really great fresh beets, did them in that process, you're going to eat the beets. You're not going to drink the beet juice. You're not going to drink the beet juice, but you're going to eat the beets. The beets have no nutrients in them, or at, they'll have very minimal nutrients in them. So you're dumping out the nutrients and eating the everything else. So you're introducing foods that do nothing for your body into your, um, that do nothing for you into your body. So wherever possible, frozen is always going to be better. All right. Um, Can you talk more about the uh, oils? Because, like, I know growing up, we use right. vegetable oil a lot, right? So, and I see here it says like yeah. olive oil and canola oil, and then like margarine and butter. So, can you talk to, to that a little bit? Okay. Well, here's how you know if your if your oil is trans fat, right? Any oil that is white. Or coagulated, or got that's gotten solid, that's a trans fat, right? Canola oil is 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 is, is corn oil mixed with vegetable oil. Vegetable oil is just plain vegetable oil and things like that. Those are healthy, yes, but even healthier oils are avocado oil. Um, olive oil is really great. It's really versatile. Uh, coconut oil is amazingly 
healthy for you. And the healthiest oil, which is not readily available in the United States, is camel's oil. Um, camel's oil actually has one of the healthiest properties out of any oil, but you have to find it. It's not as it's something that's not not available because camels aren't available here. So when you look at when you go people go overseas and they, they eat this oil with this, they eat this oil with that. You wonder how their skin has this this certain complexion and certain textures and things like that. It's from a lot of stuff that they're intaking. Um, we have to get out of saving oil that we fried our chicken in. Bounce. I know that. I know boo. But <laughs> we have to get out of saving bacon fat. Boo. I know. I love bacon. I I get it. We have to get out of saving those things. You ever notice when you fry fish, that grease that comes off that fish is still clear. It might have the fish grains and stuff in it or whatever from the, from the um, from uh, whatever you floured or battered it with, but the oil is still clear. But if you fry chicken, you fry beef, or you fry pork and stuff like that, that oil gets really, really cloudy and, and dense. That's trans fat building up in that oil. And if you use lard, lard is the one you think you stay away from 100% because that's nothing but 100% trans fat. Um, what about uh, like margarine and butter? Because I margarine. Here's you know, the, I knew I grew up on country crops. Here's the thing: the difference between margarine and butter. Margarine is usually an animal from animal byproduct. Butter is usually milk that's triple, double, triple churned, and things like that. Uh, butter has they'll they'll say okay, non-fat. Um, non-fat, hyd- uh, partially hydrogenated oils and stuff like that, that's what margarine is. That's When you, when you see hydrogenated, that's usually um, trans fat also. So to say partially hydrogenated or uh, semi-hydrogenated oils and stuff like that, that's usually what margarine is. The, and, the, and margarine is man-made. Butter comes, butter, you can trace butter back to an animal technically. No matter what animal, what animal whether it was a cow, goat, lamb, uh or whatever the case may be, you can check, you can trace butter back to an animal. If it's not traced, like if it says, okay, that that one that says, I can't believe it's not butter, because it's not butter actually, it's margarine. It just tastes like butter. They put preservatives and things in it to give it that flavor. So you have to understand what they call clean eating is, and and eating clean from looking at labels, looking at uh, uh, understanding that nutritional facts panel. So, so at here, here's here's a, a, a view of just a my plate setup that you can look at. Here are things that you can add to there because a lot of times people say, "I don't know what I can have. I don't know what I can, what I can eat." Um, there's some fruit, there's a, a wide variety of fruits and vegetables that you can have, right? There's a wide variety of just different dairy products that you can have. Uh, you always want to go for low fat or non-fat. Uh, dairy products because you're eliminating the fat of that animal as wherever possible. Some people don't get into drinking uh, milk for whatever reasons. There is lactose intolerant milk where they pull out the lactose in it. Um, soy milk, if you look at the fat content of, of, of milk, uh, four ounces of milk has about 120 calories in it. Uh, with uh, If it's skim milk, it's probably about 80 calories. But if you look at soy milk, Soy milk has more calories and more fat in it, more sugar in it because it's processed. It's a totally different process of making uh, that. So 
So you want to look at look at all of those in, in, in that process itself. Also, with this my plate, what you lo start looking at doing every single week is doing meatless Mondays or a, a vegetarian Tuesdays or something to where you're not getting that high fat content. Okay, one day a week, I'm going to do a salad. Every Wednesday is my salad day. And it's no meat on that salad, just vegetables, uh, fruits and vegetables, grains, nuts, things like that, and a low-fat salad dressing. Just one day a week. If you did that one day a week, you would say, wow, now I want a salad instead of on a Tuesday. I want it also again on a Friday because you've changed your taste buds to not accept the flavor of overly sweetened products or overly salted products, things like that. Um, yogurts are really, really good. Greek yogurt is really thick, but it has a lot more nutrients in it than regular yogurt does. Greek yogurt has a really, really, can have a really, really, really citricy flavor from how it's processed, but it holds well with adding a, a bunch of fruit and grains to it. If you made parfaits out of it, if you made parfait out of a, out of a regular yogurt um, and it made parfaits out of a Greek parfait, you would get two totally different flavors out of that. Um, same thing with, with, with different vegetables. Uh, learn how to cook your vegetables different ways other than putting them in a pot and boiling them. Buy some butternut squash and roast it. It gets really sweet, starts to taste, get sort of like that pumpkin to sweet potato flavor to it, uh, but you can actually add different things to it. Some star anise, some, some cumin, um, some cardamom, some cinnamon, give it some more sweetness to it. Even a little sprinkles of vanilla, uh, vanilla extract on it will give it some really, really good flavor. Uh, if you're looking at a meatless day, you do chickpeas. Chickpeas is probably, chickpeas and quinoa are probably your best source of getting protein. Um, fresh chickpeas take on a flavor of whatever you put in them. Quinoa is going to take on whatever, the flavor of whatever you put into it. But those are the highest rated, um, the highest, two, two of the highest uh, amounts of protein that you're going to get out of almost any food. Quinoa is technically is literally a total protein where you get it takes you more calories to eat quinoa than you get from eating the quinoa. So that's always a plus there. Okay, so the next one. You had said where something was? about uh, the milk. So what mm -hmm. would you what would be your best um, recommendation when it comes to dairy? Okay, for dairy People who are, are if, if, if you're looking for something that's healthier, you have to read your nutritional facts panel. And actually in the next few slides, we'll get into the nutritional facts panel of, of reading that. Um, you can take two different milks while you're in the store. Take extra five minutes. Take the milk that you want to buy and one that you think is healthy. Put them together side by side and read the nutritional facts panel side by side. Look at how much fat is in it. Look how much calories in it. Look at how much fat per calories. If you're if you're more than forty percent, uh, if, if more than forty percent of this food item is fat, then that means it's unhealthy for you. You want to say with okay, where where if your food is twenty percent twenty percent of fat or lower, that's lowering your fat content every day all day. A lot of times you'll you'll buy something like say almond milk. Almonds have natural fat because it's a peanut. Peanuts have natural fats in it, so you might buy almond milk and it'll, it'll say, uh, uh. 120 calories per four ounces, but then it'll say 70, um, 70 calories of that come from fat. You're 
you're still getting in fat, but it's a better fat than getting in beef fat or, or pork fat or something like that. So it's understanding that aspect of which fats you want to get more of. Um, you also look at the amount of sugar they're putting in milks now. Milk should have no sugar in it. Regular, regular milk, whether it's, uh, regular milk has been unsweetened, but look at coconut milk, look at almond milk, look at soy milk. You can buy sweetened, unsweetened, vanilla flavor. You can buy different brands and different flavors of it, and they're doing that so you can eat more of it, right? That doesn't mean it's healthier for you. Look at the nutritional facts panel and see how much fat is in there. See how much carbs is in it. See how much uh, uh, sodium is in it. Yes, they put salt in milk. It shouldn't be, but there's sodium in milk. Uh, there's sodium in, in these uh, processed milks now. Now you know this milk didn't come from an animal. This milk, this milk came from whatever process they made, they used to make it. So that's going to be your biggest thing with dairy is reading that. So as we go. And suggestions on things like Greek yogurt, like the like a better way to, ah, to eat. Oh, it Greek yogurt, so you have to take Greek yogurt. Uh, some people like it plain by itself, but you have to put fruit to it. You have to put something. Something in Greek yogurt. If you got just got plain Greek yogurt, low-fat Greek yogurt, it's going to be thick. It's going to coat the whole entire side inside of your mouth. But it's designed that way so you can actually stretch it with something else. So if you took some fresh apples or some fresh cherries or some fresh grapes or papaya or something, smashed it down in there, it smooths it out. And it also does that so you don't eat as much. So if you got something that's really thin, you can just scoop it or, or drink it down. You're gonna do all. You're gonna drink and eat a whole lot of it, right? But if you use Greek yogurt, even in your smoothie, it's gonna make your smoothie thicker. So you're gonna drink or consume less of that before you feel full. It's gonna give you that that feeling of satiety faster than if you have something that's more liquid. So that's where Greek yogurt it has better uh, aspects of it versus a uh, a regular uh, plain vanilla yogurt. So understanding the nutritional facts panel, there's certain things that you look at on here. Oh, I'm just running. I'm sorry. Is there any <laughs> questions, comments, uh, anything like that? Anybody uh, has any questions? So if you raise your hand or. Hi. 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 I'm on the phone. I'm not on video. So it's Terry. No. Um, so my thing is, I mean, I'm with you guys. I'm with you speaking with, like, um, everything. I'm kind of disciplined when I know that I have to do certain things to keep myself healthy. Mm -hmm. So my thing is low sugar because this is what I'm experiencing now, and I'm just noticing it within the last maybe two weeks or so. So my thing is me trying to stay within foods that will keep my pressure correct or my cholesterol correct or the exercising and all the things that I'm doing, I'm noticing that I'm feeling weak because of low sugar. Yeah. Because I notice that when I do eat something, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. Yeah. So I'm equating that to being low sugar instead of high sugar. Yeah. What you have to do is, and this is, this is the crappiest part of it is and with understanding your body, you have to understand 
the, 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 the feelings of when you get um, when your blood sugar is low. Um, one thing I tell people, buy a blood sugar meter from Walmart or somewhere just to have so you can understand my blood sugar is 70. 70 is trending low, technically, right? Or my blood sugar is 190. 90, 190 is trending high. You need to know the numbers of your blood sugar because your body can fool you into thinking it's low when it's not, and you're adding more of something on top of that. So to you, I would say, like, if you, and you can buy a whole entire blood sugar kit from Walmart for under $20 um, okay. with, the, with the meter and the little test strips and stuff like that. Yes, you have to prick your fingers. That's the only downside of doing it that way. But if you're, you have an issue with feeling fatigued, and then when you eat something, you feel better, it probably mm-hmm. is low blood sugar, but you want to be sure. Because if you eat, just say I ate, you eat a donut, and that donut raises no. your blood sugar up to 275, and you don't know it. You feel better because you've been walking around with your blood sugar at 275. One no, issue, I, would not defin- I wouldn't do that. Like, no, no, no. I do play it safe. You know what I mean? I do play it safe. Yeah, what I'm saying is, like, in that aspect, like, when you eat something and it raises your blood sugar, unless you take your blood sugar, you don't know what, where your I blood I don't know. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. That's the reason of taking your blood sugar and say, okay, at this time I, I felt weird. I took my blood sugar. It might have been 100. But if you're, if you're used to your blood sugar being high or your, your, or your blood pressure used to be, it being high, or used to your cholesterol being high, when it gets back into a normal range, it'll feel weird to you until mm. you get used to that being the norm. Because your body has gotten used to your blood sugar, your blood pressure, or your cholesterol being out of range. And what doctors don't really tell you is they'll say, "Oh, get your blood pressure, get your blood sugar in range, and you'll be okay." Once you get your blood sugar in range, your eyes change. Your, your breathing changes somewhat. Uh, the way your blood circulates in your body changes somewhat. You start, you, you either, uh, uh, you can cramp up. You can have so many different issues once your blood sugar regulates itself, but your body hasn't caught up to that regulation either. So knowing and having that and taking that time and saying, listen, yeah, I got to stick my fingers. If it's twice a day to stick my fingers just to kind of see that hot, to get that higher or low to understand what my body feels like when that hot, when it's higher, when it's low, even buying a, um, a, a, a blood pressure monitor, those aren't expensive either. You feel, okay, I got a headache or I'm having shortness of breath. Let me take my blood pressure and see if it's high or if it's low. So I have an idea of here's how I feel when my blood pressure gets high or here's how I feel when my blood pressure gets low. Those are the things that we can do for ourselves to, to make sure uh, we're not having those issues going forward or we know where our bodies, what our bodies are doing going forward. Think of about... Um uh, certain fruit that spike your mm-hmm. your sugar that's actually not good for you? Pineapples Ooh. spikes your blood sugar. Um, watermelon is actually, a, it's, it's, it's watermelon, but it's a good fruit to have if, if you have high blood pressure. Um, uh, 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 um, raspberries aren't a blood sugar spiker. Uh, blackberries, things like that. Uh, cherries spike your blood sugar. Um Oh, oh, yes. mangoes. Are mangoes good? Depending on them, if it's a honey mango, yes. It's, it's certain kind of mangoes that won't spike your blood sugar. But what you also have to do is you have to eat one, wait and see what it does to your body. Like for me, mm-hmm. uh, and I said this last week, um, 
I have a list on my wall of foods that spike my blood sugar or foods that don't affect my blood sugar. So I would eat a pineapple, right? I know instantly my mouth gets dry, right? After like five minutes, my mouth gets dry, my vision gets blurry, and I get really sleepy when my my blood sugar is like 250 or higher. I get really sleepy to where I have to lay down and can't do anything. So I understand what, what that is. I understand what shouldn't I do or what shouldn't I eat. Um, like I said, anything that's considered a water fruit um, right. or high in water content outside of oranges and grapefruits, those are not great for diabetics because they're, they're, for some reason, when a diabetic sugar gets low, you give them oranges, right? Or you give them right. orange juice because, that, because of that concentrated sugar content. But like I said, watermelon, raspberries, blackberries, um, peaches, depending on uh, uh, their sugar content, can be really good as far as helping your blood sugar stay leveled and things like that. Um, Real quick, you you said you get sleepy. Can you talk about what we call itis? <laughs> can you talk about what that really is and how it um, attacks us? Okay, when, when people eat food, right, and they get sleepy, we, we've been calling it the itis forever. Nine times out of ten, it's because of the fact that your, whether it's blood sugar, uh, salt intake level, or cholesterol is out of whack. Your body fights this by going to sleep, by shutting down. So the only way it, it helps you is, the only way you get over it is by, I got to take a nap. Which now it becomes the worst thing you can do because I'm eating and taking a nap, which means I'm not burning off the food, it's sitting in my body longer. Usually your food takes four hours to start burning and start metabolizing in your system. So you'll walk around for about three to four hours before your, um, before your body starts to burn off anything. But when you get the itis, you don't have that luxury. You're falling asleep or you're, you're relaxing right after that. And that feeling of satiety, which means you're satiated, you're, you're full, you're feeling good. It, it's, it's a misconception. I ate so much to where I, I got the itis. That's the, one of the worst things we do to ourselves. And that's just, uh, it comes from how we were raised a lot of times. Uh, it comes from how our finances was a lot of times. It comes from misinformation in our own communities a lot of times. Um, and, and, and with now looking at everyone just with COVID, there's certain things that, with, that COVID affected people who had pre-existing conditions more than others. So now you have to start fighting these pre-existing conditions for other reasons. And that's where um, overeating makes it even worse. That's where overeating makes it even worse. But the itis, when you get the itis, it's usually from uh, one of those big three being out of, out of line. All right. Before we go any further, is there anybody else you have a question or a comment? If you are on the phone, you can start six. If you're on your computer, you can... Uh, hit the mic next to your name, or you can put something in the chat. Um, now we're going, we're moving to. Uh, oh, I didn't wait for them. I'm sorry. Um, moving on to uh, the nutritional facts panel and understanding the nutritional facts panel. Um, when you look at a nutritional facts panel, there are certain things, certain key factors you want to look at. Um, how many calories, like in the yellow section, when I said, okay, when you look at um, 
the total number of calories, it says 200 calories, right? But the total number of calories from fat is 120. That's more than half of your food, half of your food of this product is fat-laden. So this is not healthy because it has a high level of fat in it. Um, also, when you look at total fat content, 20% of it is, 28% uh, technically is fat, which with 28% being total trans fat, three grams of it is, uh, I mean, saturated fat, and then uh, three grams of it is trans fat. Trans fat is cancer-causing, honestly. Um, there's been a lot of scientific research that says that, that shows that, that, that has um, trans fat leading to cancer. Uh, then you go down to sodium. 650 milligrams of sodium per day, that's telling you 28% of this entire meal, whatever, and it says a three-ounce portion, right? A three-ounce portion is saying 28% of this is salt. This is added salt before you even taste it. They gave added salt to it. Um, going to your carbs, there's good carbs and there's bad carbs. We have to look at where you get to the bad carbs is where it says added sugar. And over the next couple of slides, we're going to do a test where I'm going to act, I'm going to have you guys point out to me some of the things that you're seeing on these on these um, next few nutritional fact panels that are really really outlandish or really, really unhealthy for us to understand or for us to see, right? So those things you want to look at, and it's telling you here's your daily value. If you add up all of this here, 20 plus 28% plus 10% plus 28% plus the 10%, that should equal your 100% honestly, right? But when you add up how much is there, 80% of it is unhealthy, right? But it might be really good. It might be a great... It, and I don't, I don't know what the recipe this comes from, but the recipe might be a great recipe. I mean, the, the, the product might taste really, really good, but it's super salty, has a lot of fat in it, uh, and it's not healthy for you in, what, in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So seeing this and understanding this is your biggest key to helping you maintain weight because we eat a lot of canned foods. We eat a lot of processed foods. And, and, and um, being at the United States has changed their um, – the nutritional facts panel coding before people could put into on a nutritional facts panel, whatever they wanted to. Now you have to send your nutritional facts panel to a certified lab before it can even go on your product. So like if you sent it to the university of Georgia, they take your product, they test it and they'll tell you, okay, here's how much it has in here based upon this recipe. And they'll approve your nutritional facts panel or they won't approve it. And they'll say, okay, your nutritional facts panel is incorrect. You need to go back and rechange change this recipe if you're saying that this is what it should have. This is not the correct thing. But before it was, I think I want to say before 1973, companies were able to say, oh, this is what the nutrition on it was, and they had to, they didn't have to prove anything. So that was a big help for a lot of people because people would just find people finding out that they added everything to foods and we didn't know what it was. Um, going now to the green portions of it, uh, your fiber, your vitamin A, vitamin C, calcium, iron, those are all things you wanted to, you want those numbers to be really, really high or in a good, uh, a good range. And everybody's going to have a different range of what your body can take, right? If you go to see a nutritionist, they can actually, there's blood work and blood tests that they can do 
that'll tell you what you should have uh, per day. What, what is your recommended daily allowance for these nutrients, for these minerals, for these vitamins? Um, so that's not generic? This is here for generic. No, I mean. Like, just a generic based upon a this recipe. I mean, based no. upon this menu. Because you said a nutritionist can tell you how much you should have. So what I'm saying is the daily recommended value isn't generic across the board for everybody? It's, it's, it is technically. They can go by the chart, right? By the USDA um, food guidelines chart, which was updated in updated actually 2021. The latest updates came out. Um, but what happens is, for someone to give you a dietitian, rather a nutritionist, nutritionist doesn't have all of the access to do this because you, to do your blood work, they have to send it off to a lab and send it to a dietitian or uh, a registered dietitian to actually kind of say, here's what your blood entails. Here's here's you, you, you have a vitamin D deficiency. You have this type of deficiency. You have di that type of deficiency. So when you go to see a, a dietitian, they'll say, based upon 2,000 calories per day or 1,800 calories per day or 2,500 calories per day or whatever they set your diet to be, here's how much vitamin A you need. Here's how much uh, riboflavin you need. Here's how much niacin you need. Here's how much of this you need. Uh, so it's dictated to each person. There is a generic box that says uh, the, a person of average health should have this much per day, but how many of us are average health? That's the thing. So it, it is misleading when, 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 you, when you look at it from that perspective because your nutritional uh, health screening won't be the same as mine, and you might need more of something that I need less of. Like iron. Of iron. And, and, mm -hmm. and there's things like that. So um, – you have to be able to say, okay, here's my blood work. Here's what my labs say. Here's what I need based upon my body type and my body style. And that takes a few weeks to get all of that information going and to understand it. And then you can kind of create a menu plan based upon that aspect of it. A lot of us will take, oh, I'm just going to eat this because it says it's healthy, and we don't know if it's, uh, it's going to help us or not. Um, everything in blue on this, on this screen here, right, it tells you, like say sodium, it says um, for a 2,000 calorie diet, you can have up to 2,400 milligrams of, 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 of sodium per day, right? That's literally two tablespoons of salt throughout the entire day. So if this already has 650 milligrams of sodium in it, that means one third of your, well, one, a quarter of your salt is in this one item. That's only three ounces. Wow. So one third of the entire salt that you're supposed to have for the day is in this, uh, 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 whatever this is. And three ounces is not a lot. Three ounces is not a lot. Three ounces is probably, if you put up four fingers like this, from here up is probably three ounces. And, that, and, 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 and I have big hands, so that's a, a huge three ounces. So that's how you have to look at it from that perspective. The next one. On these next slides, uh, if you can, if you can see them, you might have to expand them a little bit. We're going to look at some of the stuff that's in our foods and look at how we, uh, 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 what are we putting into our bodies? Starting with this first one, um, it says uh, uh, it has 110 calories, but 10 calories of it are uh, of it are from fat. That's actually great, right? It doesn't have a lot of sodium in it. 
150 milligrams of sodium is not a lot, and that's just as a preservative. Um, but now when you go down to the ingredients, let's look at the ingredients. Everything else on this first one, uh, outside of the 19 grams of sugar, excuse me, outside of 19 grams of sugar, that's the only thing that I find really to be somewhat high. But when you go down to the ingredients, how many things on there are not all natural? How many things on there are are, 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 are double and triple processed items? Like where it says partially hydrogenated soybean oil. Hydrogenated is something that, that is a process of, 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 of making the, the soybean oil. It takes all of that supposedly take the trans fat of it out, but that hydrogenated portion of it is still not as good for you as regular soybean oil. Um, when you go to... Um, what about the cocoa pressure alkaline? Well, the, the cocoa pressure alkaline, that's actually... Um, that's your, your chocolate. Uh, it's your chocolate. What happens with that, this is probably chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. Actually, you know, it's, it's marshmallow. Uh, so they got marshmallows in it. This is some sort of candy, but then you look at with that that, that the cocoa the cocoa pressed alkaline that's to keep the the alkaline is to keep your uh, cocoa powder from sticking together. It's like an anti-clumping agent, which is in a lot of uh, in different variations in a lot of foods. But go down to um, where it says uh, sodium hexaxamexime or whatever it must mexophosphate. I can't even pronounce the word. Hexamonophosphate. Yeah, right. Other thing that's really alarming is where it says artificial and natural flavors. That's the key point to a lot of things. Artificial can be anything, right? Artificial can be anything. So they don't have to deter, they don't have to explain to you what artificial actually means. So if you're saying, I don't, I want something that doesn't have any, any artificial byproducts in it. This is something that it doesn't, it'll say, Oh, it's not enough of it to be, um, to cause any issues or whatever, but the problem is this it's this artificial byproduct in this, whether it's flavoring or whatever the case may be. Uh, that, and then it's full of sugar. Yeah. So the, it has sugar, then it has the sugar mm -hmm. and has corn, corn syrup. syrup and the yep. marshmallows, then the gelatin. Uh huh. Then the then, corn syrup solid. Then the uh the uh carbon, carbon. that's local that's a that's the sugar alcohol. So and then more artificial mm -hmm. flavor. So this is the way this is packed and the way this is done, you have a lot of stuff in this that's not as healthy for us as we think. Um, moving on to the next, like if you look through the next one, there's so many different things that's in it. Like, okay, fructose, if, I'm, I'm explaining some things that are sugar to you. When you I thought part of, part of the, the work was for them to plant some stuff out. Yeah, we'll go to the next, the next, the next, next slide. Okay. We got two slides of the same thing. Okay. Right? Um, when you look at the next one, Here's what you know uh, when you when something is packed full of sugar, right? Total carbs is 16 grams, which is 5%. But the, it's added sugar to 7 grams, which means they added regular sugar to it. So that means you're getting way more sugar than you actually need out of this. And this could spike your, potentially spike your blood sugar, right? When you look at this here, um, this is probably some sort of coffee candy. I'm, I'm reading my, I'm, um, I was just reading it myself. But this is probably some coffee candy. But if you if you look at it, the ingredients, it says roasted peanuts, chicory, 
chicken root extract, I mean soy protein, isolate, sugar, vegetable oil, which is palm kernel and, and palm canola oil, whey protein concentrate, corn syrup, which is another sugar, rice flour, cocoa powder. Uh, so when you go through the whole thing, here's how much sugar is in there. You have regular sugar, you have corn syrup, you have glycerin, you have uh, oleo fructosis, fructose, then you have plant fructose, then you have maltodextrin, which is a sugar um, and um, binder, and soy lectin, which is another form of sugar, is a sugar gum type situation. Uh, and then you have diglycerides. You have six different sugars that can do the same thing. They're probably using this recipe as something different or, or for different properties but they all go back to being a sugar and understanding sugar alcohols and understand why, okay, my blood sugar went super high on this. Um, and, and this is actually some sort of candy. It says one bar, right? I don't know what these, these came from, but this says one bar, 33 grams, right? 33 grams is about one ounce. So that's small. This is probably a Snicker bar or something like that. Or uh, uh, some sort of chocolate bar, um, but that's how you read those things. Even going to that last one, where it says grains two percent whole grain, right? When you look at the, this is some sort of cake, right? When you look at the amount of fat, it's. What? I'm sorry. Just here. So even with this one that you were just talking about, I see that it says calories from fat is sixty. So half of it is fat. Half half of your calories come from fat. Um, going to the next one, the whole grain, the whole grain facts panel. Everything in red shows you how much this is, and this is a cake. So one one serving of this cake, which is one fourteenth slice of a cake. So if you if this was a nine inch cake, right, and you cut it into fourteen slices, here's what here's what you would have in fourteen slices, right? Your total fat would be twenty two percent. Total saturated fat would be 25%. So that means 40, 47% of this cake is fat, right? Your added sugar is 30 grams. So you, you're eating more sugar, right? You're eating more sugar than anything else in this cake combined. When you look at the, when you look at the nutritional fat panel, you're eating more sugar than anything else in this cake combined. How is that good for you? And that's just talking about sugar. But even the sodium is considerably low, but sugar is a preservative also. So you can preserve something with salt, you can preserve it with sugar. Um, there, a lot of times where you, they, they're using a combination of both of them to preserve stuff. So, and you see that bottom line says 20% or more of the, uh, of the daily allowance is considered high. Go to that one. Go to that one. Okay. So based upon that, where it said 20% or more of something is considered high, here's where I want you guys to take a minute. Look at all of these and tell me what's wrong or what, do you, what, what, what things do you see wrong in these. And you can, you can put these things into the chat or you can, uh, you can star six if you're on the phone or um, just unmute yourself and come in and tell me what do you see wrong with these. I'm sorry, people on the phone won't be able to see this. 
like I said, keep in mind that the standard is 20% or higher of, uh, of something is considered high. Anybody see anything wrong with some of these that some of these are on that uh these three fact panels that's on this screen? No, Tanker's not quiet today. <laughs> All right, let's start with the first one, right? Uh, well, the first one, well, of course, is already circled. Yeah. Right? The, the, the saturated fat, but then also the sodium is, is to me, is high as well. That, that's that getting high. Yeah. And that's a burger, right? So that means they added stuff to this. Um, They've added, this is probably a frozen burger that they've added stuff to to give it some, uh, to, to give some longevity in a pan. The next item you're going to be mad about is Pepsi. This is a true, um, this is a true nutritional facts panel from Pepsi. Now, you, you, you um, are my witness, but I have been very good, and I, I do not drink Pepsi a lot at yeah, all. I, I will say, I will I say that, but drink soda the way that I used to at all. Biggest thing on here is look at the uh, included at 69 grams of, of added sugar. That means 138? it has 138% of this soda is sugar. So it's more sugar than soda, right? That's ridiculous for a drink. So you're giving yourself the amount of sugar that you need for two days in this one bottle of beverage, this one bottle, uh, 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 one bottle. And this is probably a 16-ounce bottle or a 20-ounce bottle. So when you look at it from that perspective of, uh, a lot of sodas are, are, are honestly not bad. I mean, not great for you to have. No matter even 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 these diet sodas to a sense, they have some quirky uh, aspects to them. The next thing that you look on here—that's all sugar. What is that? Is that ginger ale? That's ginger ale. The, the green one is ginger ale. And okay, I want I want to bring someone someone's attention to the fact that look at the ingredients list on the green. A nutritional facts panel. Where does it say ginger at? Wow. So, think back. When you were young, right, and you felt sick and they said drink ginger ale, you know why they gave you ginger ale? It wasn't because it had ginger in it. It was because it had so much sugar in it that that would give you, make you hyper and get you up and running as a kid. That was literally why that was done. This particular company, um, that's Canada Drugs. Yeah, this particular company has been sued, and they lost a huge uh, lawsuit about their soda. They they used to market it as 100% ginger ale. Is that why they came up with the bold? That's ginger why they came out the bold ginger ale. That has actual ginger ale in it. Ginger. I mean, it has actual ginger in it, but. It was that thing of mismarketing or, or, or not marketing correctly. So, like I said, back in the 70s, uh, when the United States started saying, okay, people are, 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 are misleading, well, people are misleading us on what's in the nutritional facts panel, people started paying attention to what's, what's actually going in foods. Um, so, like I said, if with these three here, 
these are three things that we normally drink a lot of or normally have a lot of or normally look at in that aspect of here's what I need to have. And we can see that these aren't healthy for us in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So we're going to move on to the next one. Sorry. You're right there, Minister Josh. I'm, I'm hurting too. I'm, <laughs> and it's bad that I knew that that was Canada drive by the color of the label. So I call myself downgrading from Pepsi to eating just to drinking ginger ale, and that was the ginger ale that I was drinking. Next, we're going to look at ways of making healthier choices when we're eating. Um, there are three different meal plans up there, right? If you look at what's on those meal plans, you can actually do something different like that every single day um, and kind of mix and match these things and get a good amount of food throughout the day. 2,000 calories, if you, if you eat it, if you make it, if you look at it from an aspect of eating negative calorie foods like celery and things like that to eat like avocados don't have a lot of uh, bad calories or bad fats. Blueberries don't have a lot of bad calories in them. I mean, bad uh, in it. You can actually make these things to where you have these three meals plus two snacks in a day, which is what you should eat every single day. Um, that's where you want to kind of look at your, 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 your meal plan for yourself at. Um, you want to eat at a sensible time. Eating one, two o'clock in the morning is not helping you. And we, we all do it. We all have days where we can't eat at a regular time. But you have to start saying, okay, before 9 o'clock, I'm going to eat dinner. Because by 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11 o'clock the latest, I'm going to be in bed sleeping. Right? So you want to eat at a sensible time. You want, to, uh, you want to also make a plan or make a meal schedule of when you're going to eat. That way now your, your metabolism gets set to eating at specific times. And it starts saying, okay, I know I'm going to eat at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm hungry at 7.30. Right? That works. Uh, when you go out shopping, you want to avoid buying overly sweet or overly salty snacks. You want to look at stuff and say, okay, you know, like pretzels. I love pretzels. You can get unsalted pretzels, right? You can get unsalted peanuts. The thing with buying overly sweet or overly salty products is it makes you want to drink something. And what are we going to go grab next to drink? Something sweet or something with a lot of carbs in it or something with a lot of, uh, 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 uh something that's going to raise our blood sugar or something that has a lot of sodium in it. Like Red Bull has a lot of sodium in it technically for a beverage. Um, create a shopping list and stick to that shopping list. When you go shopping, you want to say, okay, here's what I need. I'm not going to buy anything else. I'm going to map out my, my trajectory in this store and stick to that shopping list. Stick to what it is you went in there for. Um, that's hard. I, I will say that's hard because I'm a I'm a I'm a looker when I shop. I want to look at everything and see what, see different things. So I can go and just say Walmart and sit in there for two hours just and just walk around looking at stuff on the shelf. That's just me. Um, but you want to discipline yourself to say I'm going to create a shopping list. I will say I do use a shopping list a lot. Uh, may not get everything that's on it a lot of times. May just you're off of it, but I do use a shopping list, and it does help me in a lot of aspects. Um, do not go shopping while you're hungry. That is the worst thing you can do because you'll end up buying stuff because you're hungry. You will end up buying it not because you want it or because it was healthy or anything, because it was, you, you, eat, you ate with your eyes. So, oh, these chips, oh, I'm hungry. I got to get these chips now. I mean, now you're throwing it in, the, in, in, in your cart. So you want to make sure 
if you're hungry, I get it, uh, and it happens, and we get hungry when we start seeing things or start smelling certain things or whatever. But you want to make sure that that's not a habit of I'm going shopping while I'm hungry, uh, because then it, it leads to so many other things. Well, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and buy me some food on the way home. I'm going to go ahead and buy me a McDonald's on the way home and eat the McDonald's on the way home and not eat anything healthy because I'm tired because I was shopping. So uh, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Talk about the best areas to shop in, like when you go shopping. As, when, you, when you look at a shop healthy, now stores are kind of making you move around. Uh, they're making it into like a gauntlet because they want you to be in there longer. Um, you have to understand your fruits and vegetable area is always going to be number one. That's why it's always in the, when you go to most supermarkets, that's why it's in the front of the store purposely. So you can go there first. That was a, a design trick to, um, to say you had to walk past the healthy food to get to the unhealthy stuff, right? You want to also look at stuff, go to the all natural product areas, go to the, um, the, to the areas that have these, the healthier, healthier foods in them. Even with chips and, and things like that, look up and down the aisle for the healthier options that are there. Um, but you don't want to pass up the fresh produce, the fresh vegetables, the fresh fruits for anything else um, as much as possible. Um, usually, meats are usually on the outer circle, outer, 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 outer lines of your supermarkets and stuff like that because refrigeration issues and stuff. But everything at the end of everything when you go into the cash registers is usually unhealthy. They put all of these stuff, all of these items at the at the registers because they call impulse buys. And anybody that's in sales and marketing understand what impulse buys are. You go to the register. I'm sitting there looking at this Snickers bar for 10 minutes. There's a 90% chance I'm gonna grab it and put it in the cart. That's an impulse buy, right? I'm gonna put all these sweet snacks. I'm gonna put all of this. Um, uh, uh, things that, that are quick and easy at the end of the registers because when the lines are long in, in, in the store I'm sitting here buying this stuff I have the bakery items that are a lot, a lot of times buy uh, these into the, into the registers and stuff like that so you can always continue to smell these items and, 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 and you'll make that impulsive purchase on these, these products um, next one we're not that we don't have that much uh, more to do um, for 2,000 calorie diet, here's what here's what the USDA is saying you need from each food group below. And this chart is actually really really good because you can actually base make your own menus based upon this. So when you start looking at it, it has a section for grain, dairy, uh, fruits and vegetables. Excuse me, fruits and vegetables, meats and beans. Here's something I want you to look at. Look down in the light blue section where it says fats, right? One teaspoon of margarine or spread per day, not per meal, per day. Who's going to do one teaspoon of margarine or, or spread per day? I mean, per meal. I mean, that, or even more than that. Most people take a, a regular tablespoon and they curl it up and, and, and slather their bread with it or slather whatever it is with it. And we're eating, when you start looking at this itself, you're eating so much more than this. Three ounces of meat doesn't look like a lot, honestly, on a plate. It looks like a little bit of food, but we're usually eating three to four times that amount and on, a, on, a, on a normal basis. Um, it says, okay, uh, uh, if you look at the grains, 
a cup of cereal uh, should be the size of a fist. So if you eat, if you've got regular small hands, ball of a fist, and that's how much cereal you should have. Um, a baked potato, same thing, should be the size of your fist. How many people go to these uh, potato bars and they give you these super humongous baked potatoes with chicken topped on it, pork, uh, uh, barbecue pork topped on it, whatever things topped on it, slathering in barbecue sauce, and you eat that whole entire thing. You ate enough food for two days in that one sitting. So this is a good, um, this is a good guide, and you can tweak it to your liking. Honestly, but you have to have the willpower to say, hey, you know what? Let me stick to whatever it is. Let me figure out whatever it is I'm eating on a regular basis, and let me make a program on eating less every single day. And we'll, we'll make sure we send all this stuff out to you guys uh, so that way you can kind of have an idea and go back and look at this stuff here. Uh, these are simple menu boxes that, that are pre-portioned meals and stuff like that of stuff that when you look at it, a bagel box is uh, 265 calories. It's not a lot. It's, it's a good amount of food, honestly, when you look at it. It has eggs and the cucumbers, uh, 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 chips, cream cheese, and um, uh, uh, what's that, salmon? So it's smoked salmon, yeah. So you have a good, that's a good breakfast, honestly, or a decent lunch. We, we, we're so used to eating huge meals to where this is normal, and we'll say this is not enough. Um, the next picture shows uh, things that if you're craving, you want to eat. Milk chocolate is has a lot more sugar in it, a lot more milk fats in it than dark chocolate. The darker the chocolate, you can get what they call a 70% cacao or 80% cacao. That's usually bitter with no chocolate, with no salt in I mean, sugar in it or anything like that. Um, it's a lot better for you. Um, if you're craving a soda, you want to do unsweetened tea or salsa. We drink salsa water, and we just put lemon in it. Um, that was our thing of getting away from the sodas because the, the soda, drinking the soda and having that where that acid go down, it's, it gives you this weird feeling of satiety where you're like, wow, this, that was a great soda. Okay, now salsa water does exact same thing for us. Um, doesn't give you the sugar, but it, it, it reduces the amount that you're intaking. Um, if you're looking at ice cream, Go with uh, reduced yogurt, um, and you could, like I said, you could put fruit or something in it. If you want uh, chips, I've reduced almost 90% of the chips I eat to, to peanuts. I do a lot of cashews, a lot of pecans. Um, I get the big, big containers. Of, when I go to the store, I buy it all the time, and I have multiples of them, and just I'll grab them at the middle it, it, um, throughout the day, just eat a bunch of peanuts and stuff like that. Um, if you have a, a fetish uh, for candy, which I was. I, you're able to find uh, low sodium or low fat or low uh, carb candy now, um, but low sugar candy also. But go with fresh fruits. Um, that'll give you that. That'll take away that sugar craving. Um, if you want a, a, a latte, do coffee. Do regular coffee with milk and very little sugar. Um, lattes that are pre-made have so much sugar in them. They have so much sugar in them to where we're looking to cut a lot of these things here. Uh, a big thing also is mango smoothies, or not mango smoothies, just smoothies throughout the day. These are things here that you can add to a smoothie, and it'll fill you up even more. And it's healthier than just adding more sugar, more fat to it. Uh, and these, these are natural products that you can do. Um, 
And like I said, bananas work great. They're, bananas are really, really good for um, other things also. Uh, uh, they're filling, so you can add a lot of stuff like that to it. Um, tofu, uh, beans, um, a bean smoothie is actually not bad when you add, um, if you add beans and fruit to it. I've done that. Uh, raw eggs, you've seen the TV show, you've seen the movie Rocky, he uh, did it forever. That's that came from a real a real uh, dietitian who said, okay, raw eggs have this much amount of protein in them, this much amount of fat of good fat, so put that into your smoothies. And people did that for years, and it worked. <laughs> so we can go to the next one. So that that's something that you can go ahead and look at and um say, is that the last one? Yeah. Oh, I thought I had another one. That was stuff. That's something that you can look at. I didn't get the smoothie. That's what it was. Um, that you can look at and say, here's how I can add to this. And with smoothies, you can make a smoothie in the morning and take that smoothie and drink it breakfast and for lunch. Or you can put it back into the freezer, pull it out the next day for that, that morning, and that's your lunch. So you don't have to do this stuff every single day. Uh, but this is stuff that's going to help you get through those cravings, get through those, those aspects of, of, of understanding nutritional facts panels or understanding what's healthy in food and what's not healthy in foods. Um, these are the things that help you to live longer, honestly, or live a better quality of life. Because if we if if, if we can't live a better quality of life, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. If we can't intake in the correct amounts, the proper amounts, uh, along with exercise and and, 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 and healthy living, healthy thinking, uh, then if we don't feel healthy, none of that matters. If our bodies are worn down because we're just eating whatever, whenever, however. None of that matters to us. Um, and if your body is your temple, you have to make sure you're taking care of your temple every single day. So does anyone else have any questions, comments, concerns, um, need me to go over anything else? How are you feeling after all of this information? Ladies, how are you feeling? Fellas, are y'all all right? Talk to us on tonight. Um, as we wait for people to come in, um, I know one of the things that I had to make an adjustment to, I, I shared this before, was my sugar intake, but also because I work from home and I have a tendency to stay at my desk a lot, I had to start setting reminders in my mm -hmm. phone to eat because I would sit at my desk and be can tell you and not eat for hours and then, oh my God, I'm starving, starving, and I eat a bunch of stuff that's not healthy. Now, I, I have to say, <laughs> he's never eating. <laughs> I had to say, um, we have dramatically reduce the amount of bad foods we have in our house. So now even when I want to go eat something, I have no choice but to go eat fruit because there's nothing else in here. It is it's peanuts. I might have some cheese and crackers, but it's, it's pretty much fruit. Um, and so, and just being diligent, right? Um, and we'll talk about like movement. One of the slides that Zeke had was about getting more active, right? And sometimes we beat ourselves up because we can't work out so long, especially if your health has already been bad or you put on a certain amount of weight. Um, and to that I say, do what works best for you. Get to moving. Like if you can't do, my goal is an hour a day. And how I do it is I get up <laughs> too early in the morning, <laughs> honestly speaking. I'm be tired. But Dee can tell you, I get up early in the morning and I work out for half hour, and then 
two times during the day, but I, I missed today because I was training, but my goal is two times a day. I have two 15-minute intervals where I'm moving. So whether I'm doing Zumba or whether I'm following Leslie Sanzone in her walk a mile in 15 minute little walk videos, right? And I might put on some, don't y'all judge me, I might put on some Missy while we walking because, you know, I need some energy, you know, or something, some kind of music that I like or, or maybe the, the they have this uh, gospel club radio on Pandora. I need something upbeat. I'm one of those people I move to the music. I can't get with their little jazz music on a walk video, but just the fact that, okay, my goal is an hour. How do I get that hour in a day? However you need to do it. Um, I don't like water. <laughs> I can't stand drinking water. Y'all can say what y'all want. That's a struggle for pastor. So what I had to do was I had to set reminders to drink water. You have to drink more water. I put... um. Uh, deep, you know, like this. This is crystal light, but there's no sugar in it. It just gives it a little flavor to help me drink. So now I can drink like two bottles of this a day, and it's not um, it's not um, too much. My problem is I work a lot, so the prepping and late night working overnight is not good to stay on task. It, that that's where your focus and discipline discipline comes in at because. The world is not slowing down, right? We're, we're, we're in a world where we want everything faster, quicker uh, uh, than we've ever had it before, right? The old ways aren't coming back to a sense. But if you sat there and said, okay, I can take, and, and, and Pastor can tell you this, um, and she'll ask you, how do you figure it out with meal prepping? And I would sit there and do meal preps for the whole week. In three hours. How did you do all of that in three hours? And I'm talking about for everyone in the house. Because I was sitting there and I would get be diligent about, okay, here's what I want to do. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do. And as the man of the house, if I didn't take the lead on putting it up front, then no one else is going to follow that lead. Uh, yeah, being a chef and understanding how to do stuff uh, as far as food is concerned, faster and better, I get that. But... If, if, if it's something that's important to you and your health should be your number one concern, and the reason why I say your health should be your number one concern is if you don't have your health, you have nothing else. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything else. So look at where you can carve an hour out a, a week or an hour out every three days. And you, if, if you started meal prepping one meal a day or one meal – that week, if I'm going to meal prep my lunch or my dinner, and that took you took an hour um, or two hours that week and meal prepped your dinner for the whole week, how much time does that save you the rest of the week? Now you can focus on something else different, but it's planning. The t same time we have, where we, we're, and I'm going to say it, we go to the bathroom, we get on our phone, right? We're sitting in the bathroom. We're, we're just like this on, a, on, a, on our phones, right? So... How hard is it to plan out a menu while you're sitting there on that phone? And, and one thing that I will say, especially as a woman, right, um, we have a tendency to not make ourselves priority because we have so many responsibilities and so many people that depend on us and so many things we do throughout the course of the day. We are often a last thought. So one of the things that I had to do for myself was to press and make myself 
a priority. Press and make myself, a, you have to press and make yourself a priority. And like Deke said, whatever, even if it's just an hour. And I think most times for women, we want we set goals and we set big goals that it's hard to attain because of our schedule. Like you said, even if you don't start off prepping every single meal, maybe prep your lunch whenever you're off or when you have some downtime, right? Take time and say, I'm going to prep three days of my lunch this week. Start with, like, make a plan and start somewhere. We we got to get in the habit of, get out of the habit of saying, if I can't do it X way, I'm not going to do it at all. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we'll say, oh, if I can't do the whole week, I'm not going to do nothing at all. But you, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot. And I'll, I'll go back to me um, trying to make changes. I was like, you know, I had to press. And for me, that's getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning before everybody in the house gets up to work out, right? Do I like it? No. <laughs> but now that I've been doing it for a little while, it's easier. And like Deke said, I'm up before the alarm now. At 4.45, 4.50, my is like, okay, let's go. It's time, it's time to get up. Time to get to working out. And I do my half hour and I clean my house and I get ready for work and whatever it is, whatever else it is that I have to do. Even adjusting meals. Like Deke said, now I have oatmeal for breakfast, and I'll have a shake. Uh, I'll make a protein shake uh, with, with the with the frozen fruit and some uh, what is that? The whey protein and some almond milk or whatever. And I'll make enough that I have one for today, in the next day, or the day after if I don't feel like drinking it right behind one another. But being conscious that I owe that to myself. I owe myself to be healthy, right? Because like you said, if I'm not healthy for me, I'm not healthy for anybody else. So I can't be his wife or be their mom or be your pastor or be anything that God has for me if I'm not taking care of me first. And so especially as women, because we, we fall into that a lot. We do for everybody else but us. So I'm encouraging every woman and, and even and, and Minister Josh, because you're the only other brother I see on here right now, right? You owe it to yourself to make yourself a priority. You owe it to yourself to tell everybody else they have to wait. You owe it to yourself not to answer anybody before. I don't answer people anymore before 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because that is my set-aside time to take care of me. Because we get in the rut. You answer your kids. You answer your husband. No, uh-uh. This time from 5 to 8, 8.30, it's about me. It's about what I need because I need to be healthy. Right? So, and like I said, take start small, but start. And here's something I want to add. I'm going to ask this question last week. Uh, two two things actually. I asked everyone uh, that was on the line last week to write, take a pick a day and write down everything that they they ate that day. And 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 and, and reason I reason I asked that question. Anybody for, did that homework? I didn't do it. Did y'all do it? It was for two reasons: to show where your dedication was at understanding your health, and for you to understand how your eating pattern can be better. Um, the other thing I asked was to get for you guys to start getting accountability partners with this healthy eating. That's something that's really key. Cause like I said, you can't do it by yourself. You need someone that's going to push you. You need someone that's going to say, listen, have you eaten correctly? Uh, uh, oh, you need to, you need to put that ice cream down. 
you, you go shopping with one of your friends and say, you know what, that's the wrong ice cream to get, or uh, those are the wrong cookies, or this or that. And you need somebody to be that 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 person on your shoulder. And sometimes it gets it gets aggravating, but you need that. We all need it sometimes for someone to say, listen, put it back. You know you're not supposed to do that. I get it a lot, so. Um, <laughs> but that's the that's but that's what we need. So those are the two things I want y'all to start really look at. Look at what we're intaking into our body, right? And how much of it we're intaking in this, into our body. Um, and, ha- and look at having an accountability partner for your health outside of going to the doctor. My doctor, I go to the doctor and they'll tell me what that doesn't help you. It doesn't help you by the time you get to the doctor. You want to be able to have it six before you get to the doctor. No, I was just going to say somebody that's not going to judge you, somebody that's not going to be nasty with you on your journey, somebody that understands the, and this is my starting point and this, this is my goal and this is where I want to go, um, but keep me accountable. Not somebody that's going to placate you, but not somebody that's going to demean you either. You yeah. gotta, just like you got to know to, to make sure you got the right prayer partner to make sure they really praying prayers for you, you got to have a, a real health accountability partner that, you know, even when you slip up, won't be like, ah, you see, I knew you couldn't do it. No, they're like, all right, so you know, you had a moment. And really be honest with yourself if you're not in a space where you can have a moment, right? I told, we went out um, last week, and Dick was like, go ahead and get a soda. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not at the point where, I can go back to drinking soda yet because I'm not at a point where if I have soda, it's just that moment. Because especially if, if I feel stressed out or whatever, that was my coping mechanism, right? So if I'm dealing with a lot and if I have soda in a moment, I might keep drinking the soda. So I had to start telling myself, stop giving yourself cheat days. Stop giving yourself cheat mm-hmm. moments because you fall off the wagon. For me, you know, and for me, it's chips. I'm not a... You can tell you, I don't eat a lot of sweets, but boy, you give me some Doritos and some dips, and, and that soda is over. And he's like, did you eat that whole bag? I'm like, no, it's six in here. I eat the whole bag. But <laughs> I'm just being honest, Mr. Sherry. I'll be like, mm, I ate this whole thing of dips and chips, and then I'm beating myself up the rest of the week. And now because I'm upset with myself that I sat here and ate this and drunk this soda, now I'm eating more stuff because I'm like, oh, well, I'm already here. I might as well. No. Fix it. Don't do that. So to keep myself from going in until I get strong, I'm not, I'm not even going to do that because I have goals that I'm trying to, because um, like I tell Deke all the time, I don't want to have to be taking medicine, mm-hmm. right? I'm near 50. I don't want to have to take medicine. If I pop a pill, it's because of some vitamins that I want to take, not because they told me I got to take stuff for diabetes or high cholesterol or blood. No, I want to just be able for the things that I can do. Now, of course, we all know that there are medical issues that we can't prevent. There's things that happen to our bodies that are not our fault. But you eating a bunch of sugar and eating a bunch of chips and you eating a bunch of fast food and then you wondering why you got diabetes tomorrow. I was like, pre-diabetes? What did you, you say? But that's my fault because I wasn't eating right. So now, like for me, I'm in recovery mode because it's still early enough for me to fix it. So I want to fix some stuff before the doctors tell me, okay, now you got to stick yourself with this. I'm not doing that. So 
like I said, though, just start somewhere. Stop beating yourself up. Stop saying, oh, I tried this years ago. Okay, that's old. It's over and done with. Set your goals, even if it's a daily goal. Set a goal. And 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 and, and celebrate your wins. Yeah. We don't do yeah. that. We Oh, well, I just, I only meal prep two meals. But last week you didn't prep any. So celebrate the fact that, wow, I made some movement. We don't give ourselves enough credit, especially when it comes to eating right and it comes to exercise. We don't give ourselves enough credit when we make some movement. Small movement forward is still forward Mm -hmm. movement. Celebrate that Mm -hmm. because this is what happens. When you get in the habit of celebrating your small moves, you make more small moves. And what happens? Small moves begin to compile to big moves, and then you 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 wind up meeting a greater goal than what you thought. So that's what I wanted to share. Anybody have any questions or comments? Y'all still all right? <laughs> Sister Shireen, oh, I'm bold enough to keep her camera on. <laughs> Y'all rolling your eyes behind the scenes. <laughs> All right. Well, if nothing else, I'm going to tell Minister Josh to gather himself and come on and close us out in a, a word of prayer before Minister Josh does that. Meet us on the line tomorrow morning for prayer. It has another. Where is it? Because I didn't get the slide. The line's open at 620 for praise and worship. Prayer starts at 630. The number is 712. And, and somebody, if you could put it in the chat, 712 775 712-775-7035, and the code is 688-741. I'm your intercessor tomorrow, I believe. I'll be the intercessor. Praise and worship starts at 620. Prayer starts at 630. We're going to get, you want me to send out the PowerPoint, right? So you will, between tonight and tomorrow, get both the this video recording um, and the PowerPoint so you can see some of these slides and so you can have some of these in your library as we move forward to making better choices together. All right, Minister Josh, gather yourself, son, and come in and close us out with a word of prayer. I have another announcement. Uh, if you guys want to join me on a 210-day annual fast after this, I'll be starting that tomorrow. <laughs> Don't jump ahead of me, Josh. You're not going to like what's coming, but <laughs> so we're going somewhere after this as a, as a church family. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We just thank you for, we just thank you for the wisdom. God, we just thank you for just placing this on the hearts of our leaders, of pastor and, of course, deacon. You know, God, just so grateful for you just allowing, giving us the space so that we can be educated on how to take better care of ourselves because even how we handle our bodies, that is also a part of the warfare. That is also a part of the strategy. That is also part of the blessing, the blessing of good health, not just putting oil on ourselves and decreeing healing, but participating in our healing, participating in our miracle, participating and getting in proper alignment with you even physically. So for this, God, we thank you. I pray that you continue to adjust our taste buds naturally and spiritually, our appetites naturally 
and spiritually, oh God, that these won't that people won't just give up or do diets, oh God, but that this will be permanent generational lifestyle changes that will ensure that our children and our grandchildren and the legacy we behind will be healthy so that all the other issues that were generational, not because they did hereditary, but because of passed down bad habits like we talked about a few weeks ago, that this will be the beginning of the breaking of those habits in the name of Jesus that we don't have to pass down. So, God, we just thank you for this. We just thank you for blessing our efforts, honestly, yes, placing our anointing on our efforts, our progress, like you said, remind us to rejoice, even over the small progress, over the little steps of obedience that will turn into bigger obedience over time. So for this, God, we thank you as you continue to prepare us so that we can be healthy for the harvest, the harvest of ministry, the harvest of business, the harvest of family, oh God, all everything that you're pouring out on us so that we can be truly prepared and truly live in your perfect will, even in our health. So for all of these things, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.